0: So, we're in this series the next couple of weeks on gratitude. And uh, obviously, you would say, well, that's because it's this, you know, it's that time of the year. It's, it's Thanksgiving, it's the holidays, it's the time where we give thanks. And I want to push back on that the next couple of weeks where it's like, no, gratitude gratefulness, a lifestyle of thanksgiving is not seasonal. It's actually a mandate from God for life. We're going to look at scripture here and not only is it a mandate, but uh, it's it's all throughout scripture about the importance of it. But you're going to come to find out in this series later that it's physically healthier for you to be a person of gratitude and thanksgiving versus negative and cynical. And so it's that time of the year, you know, where I'm sure because you're a good Christian and and you love God and, and, and you're an American. And, and I'm sure at this point, at this time, uh, since it's this time of the year, you already have your tree up. You have all your Christmas lights on the house, right? Amen. Oh, you haven't. Okay. Well, some of you still, you know, that scripture tells us there are some that are going to be destroyed for their lack of <laughs> Christmas decorating. So we'll be praying and that's part of our mission. But It's also that time of the year. It's this fall. It's this time of the year where men are out there and they're they're out there. It's the time of the year where they go out and they're filling their freezers for the year with Christmas tree cakes. It's that time of the year where they're stocking up. They're getting a good seasonal load of Christmas tree cakes. It's that time of the year. But it's more than just this time of the year. We're going to look at scripture here of like it's more than families gathering. It's more than meals being made. God has put a mission and a mandate in his people to be a people of thanksgiving. Romans chapter one, verse 21 says it this way. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. It's an interesting passage because there's a ton going on here. But this right here is, is not just like history or a synopsis of what was happening at the time. This is actually a warning to God's people. It's a warning to you here today and a warning to me that, hey, be careful that you don't fall into the kind of person who knows God, but neither glorifies him or give thanks to him. It would be like this. To glorify God, to be somebody who glorifies God, you know God and you glorify God. To glorify him means you put him above everything else. He's glorified above everything else. It's interesting that When we're called to put something first, like God's saying, like, hey, the thing that goes first is me. Have no other gods before me. Glorify me above all things. It's interesting that the first thing to usually go is God. The thing that should go first is usually the first thing to go. Well, hey, we should go on that trip or we should have that party or we should do that thing. Or what day should we do that? (sighs) Do it on Sunday. Let's just do it Sunday. We'll miss church. We'll do Am I telling the truth today? I mean, we can take that trip. We can go do that shopping thing. We can do that on Sunday. And God's saying, hey, don't be somebody who knows God, but doesn't glorify him above everything else. And of course, I'm preaching the choir. You're here at church today. But there's this warning. Hey, be careful that you don't be somebody who knows God, but doesn't glorify him. But then it also says and doesn't give thanks. Thanks to him. We got to be a people of thanksgiving. It says this, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. They knew God. They didn't glorify him and they weren't thankful. And the scripture says the result of that was their thinking became wrong and their hearts grew dark. I want you to think about this. Look at the culture that we live in. This culture that we live in, is like, hey, man, TikTok, do whatever you want. Just do entertainment, do pleasure, whatever works for you. You do you. Don't glorify God. Glorify self. And then we see people whose their thought life has become futile. The meaning of futile means it has no useful result. They're just going through life, TikTok in and Netflix in and they're streaming everything. Their thought life has no useful result because they've what? Become a people of no thanksgiving. No gratitude, no, no gratefulness to God who they know. And it says also that dark hearts, many of you probably saw things this week that you looked at and thought, I can't believe hearts have grown that dark. This scripture teaches us that a part of that is because we're not glorifying God, but we're also not a people of giving thanks to God saying, God, I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for all that you've done for me. Are you with me? So they didn't glorify God and they weren't grateful. And the result was wrong thinking and darkened hearts. I believe that Thanksgiving is more than just a holiday. I think it's more than a, a pilgrim. I think it's more than this time of the year. I think it's more than a family gathering. While all those things are important, God's design for it is for it to be a lifestyle and a mandate for us. Can I get an amen? Well, how do we miss gratitude? How do we miss this lifestyle of Thanksgiving? How do we miss out in this? Well, that's why the enemy wants you so distracted. The enemy wants you so busy and so chaotic and so distracted that you miss gratitude and thanksgiving. I looked up the definition of distraction and it's this unable to concentrate because one's mind is preoccupied. I'm unable to concentrate and give glory to God because I'm so preoccupied with all the other things. God's saying, hey, glorify me above all things. Give thanks to me. We're like, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm so preoccupied with all the other things that I miss Thanksgiving. Yeah, I true. miss gratitude. Here's another defi- definition of it. It says this, a person distracted is unable to give proper attention. Yeah. Someone who's distracted is unable to give proper attention. That's why the enemy has you just so distracted. That's why when you're driving and you're texting, you veer off the road. Why? because you're distracted and you're unable to give proper attention. Yeah. That's why I'm here to tell you something. The enemy's working so hard to keep you so distracted that it's killing you. Yeah. Guys, get off the news. Right. It's Amen. killing you. Well, oh, I gotta stay informed. I need to know what's going on. I watched the right channel, pastor. No, it's all lies. Amen. And it's preoccupying you. It's making you distracted from what really matters. Well, no, I need to keep up so that I know the truth. The truth is found in one place, and it's God's word. Can I get an amen today? But all these lies you're buying into, all this fake news that you absorb all the time is killing you. And it's killing your family. You know what it's causing it to do? It's causing you to have a futile mind and a dark heart. It's time to turn the channel over to God's truth and find some freedom. Are you with me? And so these darkened hearts, these things. And so so many of us, were distracted. We're distracted. We're not playing, paying proper attention to what God has called us to. And part of that is it makes us ungrateful. Uh, I thought about it like this. Uh, have you growing up ever had this phrase given to you as a kid? Maybe you ate something and you're a kid or a teenager or something like this. And you ate it so fast and somebody said to you, oh my gosh, you ate that so fast. Did you even taste it? Did you even taste it? You went through that thing so fast. Did you even appreciate it? I just wonder if God's like, I gave you this season. Like, oh my gosh, you went through that season so fast and so preoccupied. Did you even taste it? Did you even say thank you for it? Did you even appreciate it? I wonder if that's why the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Take some time to enjoy that thing. It's this time of the year where probably some of you are looking forward to some famous family dishes, right? Maybe you got somebody who's going to make a pie. Maybe somebody who's going to make like a really good dessert or something like that. And you're like, oh, here it comes. It's that time of the year where grandma's going to make that thing. And you have such an expectation for that, that I guarantee you're going to appreciate it, right? You're not eating it so fast that you didn't even taste it. God is saying, hey, take some time to glorify me above all things and taste and see, appreciate it. And I hope you don't go to a family like my family, my extended family. There's none of that in our family. We don't get to taste and see anything good. As a matter of fact, one of the famous dishes in my extended family's dessert is this is how they get fancy. They put things inside jello. Hey, y'all, come over here. Here's a real fancy thing and have some pretzel jello. I feel like they forgot one time that they were supposed to bring something. And we're like, oh, shoot, what do we have? And they were like, we have pretzels and we have jello. Oh, wait, it's missing the ingredient. Is it an orange inside it? What is it? I'm not telling. I think it's a peach. I think it's a peach. So he's like, shoot, all we have is a peach, pretzels, and jello. What should we do? And he said, oh, you know that side of the family is stupid. They'll eat anything. Just put it all in one. And then they all ate it all. And now it's tradition. It's tradition. So I'm just here to say, mostly because I know they listen online. Their family doesn't bring anything we look forward to. (laughs) Here's the truth. You needed a laugh. You needed a laugh because I'm going to get serious and harsh on you in a minute. But there's this idea of, oh, I'm so looking forward to this. I have a higher appreciation for it. Like I'm glorifying it above everything else. Therefore, I'm savoring it. I'm grateful. We were in Chicago this past week. We got to go see uh, Jerry Seinfeld was in town, and he's all right. He's kind of funny, but Jerry was in Chicago, and we got to go out there. So we're so looking forward to it. We're going to go see a comedian. We're going to go to Chicago. We love Chicago. We're going to well, we love one street of Chicago. Everything else, you stay away from. (laughs) But uh, but this is going to be so great. We're going to go to some fun restaurants, and I don't know if you've ever like saved up for something. Maybe you have like a, a, a fancy restaurant you go to every single year or this place that you always go. But because you have set your expectation on it, you appreciate it more. Yeah. So you, you're like, oh, we found this restaurant. And we can't get, wait to go there. And it's one of those really things. And so because you're excited to go there, when you get there, when you eat that meal, you don't eat it so fast. You don't taste it. You sit down and you just take it all in, right? Why? Wow. Because you've set an expectation for it. You've glorified it above all. You're, you're grateful for it. You have an expectation on it. How many you know what I'm talking about today? Yeah. 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 And God is saying like that, that is what we have to be in our lives. God, I'm glorifying you above all things, all seasons, all things. And I'm grateful. I'm thankful for it. Are you with me today? But he's trying to distract us. The enemy is trying to get our eyes off what's really important. I would say that pace and gratitude, those things perfectly put together. If you get your pace right and gratitude right, I think it makes proper thanksgiving. Uh, I love what Gandhi says. He says that there is more to life than just increasing its speed. Oh, hey, let's do more. Let's find more. Let's achieve more. Let's get more. Let's do more. And even Gandhi was like, hey, maybe it's not about going faster and getting more. Maybe it's about appreciating what we have and where we are. Uh, What's interesting is when they do the surveys of America, they do social media studies about how people communicate in every country. And while America is the most blessed nation, by far, not even close, we're the most blessed nation, the most advanced, we have the most going for us, we come out as the most negative social media users in all the world. You have the most, you're privileged with the most, you're blessed with the most, and for some reason, you find it to be important to be the most negative on your social media. 73% of Americans' social media posts are negative. (laughs) <laughs> Here's what I would say to you. I would say your bad days are days that some other people in the world are actually dreaming of having. Wow. Oh, this day, I can't believe that oh, we got to deal with this and go here and do this. And there's someone in the world just praying for a life that you have. Yeah. I would actually take it one step further and say this to you. The, the life that you're living right now is probably even a life that you once dreamed of having. Oh, I just wish that he would marry me. And now he's married you. And you're like, I just wish that he would. (laughs) But reality, let's live in reality here. The life that you have now is actually a gift from God. It's something God blessed you with. And we ought to be grateful for it. Think about this. If your car broke down, you're so unbelievably blessed to have a car that can break down. If you have a house to complain about cleaning, you're so unbelievably rich and privileged with the fact that you have a house to clean. If you come home and kids have toys all over the house and you have to get those toys all picked up, guess what? You have toys for your children to leave all over the house. I you understand what I'm talking about today. If you have food on the kids' plates for you to complain about them not eating, like me, where I have to sit at the table for one hour, Another bite. <laughs> another bite. Hold on. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. okay. Another bite. Let's finish. hold. On. I have to let the dogs out. <laughs> Just eat your quesadilla. <laughs> your kids have food on their plates for them and you to complain about eating. We're so blessed. I actually wrote it down like this We've passed blessed a long time ago, we're actually spoiled. As Americans, were actually spoiled. Think about this. When this service is over, most of you, most of us probably, will drive around town saying, hey, where do you want to go out to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go out to eat? Meanwhile, you're going to drive around all these restaurants that are prepared to serve you hot food immediately. Right. Where do you want to eat? Where do you want to I don't know. We always eat there. You don't want to eat there. And the kids are going to argue about where you eat. You're so blessed you complain about the luxury of fast food. Think about this. If you make the right choice today, if you make the right choice today and you choose after church to go to El Rancho, you will have unlimited chips and salsa. Unlimited chips, maybe that, but that was Taco Bell. You will have unlimited chips and salsa, unlimited chips and salsa, which by the way, is the desire of all of our hearts, isn't it? unlimited chips and salsa unlimited chips and salsa in queso. but think about this if you took somebody from 200 years ago and you were like yeah we walk into a restaurant and we have unlimited chips and salt they'd be like are you a king are you a king david williams told me in between service he said he remembers he was at an ice cream restaurant uh, or or something along those lines and he ordered a banana split and he got like frustrated with how long it was taking for them to bring him out this banana split. Cherry on top, whipped cream, banana, chocolate, uh, the ice cream, all these different things. And then perspective is this hundreds of years ago, the richest king in all the world never would have had the ability to order himself a banana split. Like, think about that. The, uh, to get a banana bra and, a, and chocolate and all of these kinds of, and keep ice cream and all this kind of stuff. We are so rich. We are beyond blessed. We're spoiled, aren't we? Can I get an amen? I thought about this. Everybody is walking around complaining about how long Zealand is taking to do Main Street. Oh, it's so torn up. It's been so torn up forever. These stupid roads. I can't get to anything and do all this kind of stuff. Um, they're literally putting in heated streets for us. And we're complaining about it. Am I sick of it? Yes. <laughs> But we as Americans are literally going to have heated outdoor streets. Just like those jerks in Holland, right? Okay. (laughs) And we're over here like, because we're beyond blessed. We're beyond spoiled. We actually are all just jerks, aren't we? First service, they were like, amen. Yes, we're jerks. (laughs) But the reality is this. Okay. Think about this later in the day. Here's some more statistics for you. Only 9% of the world has a car. Most of us, if we're married, most of us in this room have two cars. So only 9% of the world has a car. Most of us probably have two cars. A huge population of the world don't even have their own home to live in, let alone a stable Africa Mud huts and all of these different places, people living outside, trying to just stay alive to not be bitten by bugs and get all these diseases, all this kind of stuff. And not only do you have a car, but your car has its own home called a garage because we're so past blessed. We're spoiled. Think about this, your house, you can go inside your house and control the weather. A box on the wall that you can go, we would like it hotter. We would like it colder. And some people in the world aren't sure if they're going to make it through the winter because of the climate they have to do or endure in the place that they live. Right. And yet for some reason, we're still the most negative people on social media. Wow. Think about this. You're going to dial up Netflix and you're going to go through hundreds and thousands of hours of things that you can watch. And you're going to turn to each other and say, there's nothing to watch. This morning when you got dressed, you ran your hand across all your clothes and you looked and you said, I have nothing to wear. Think about this. Your clothes have their own home. And we're the most negative people on. I'm going to keep going one more thing. Think about this. Shoes. I remember being in Africa in early 2000s. I went on a mission trip to Jinja, Africa. There's a very heavy, very rich red soil. And so I remember very poorest parts of Africa. And so many didn't have homes. If they did have a home, it would have been sticks made with clay. And then uh, a really fancy home would have had a metal roof. But most of the roofs were just put together with branches. All of their toiletry stuff was outside, a hole dug in the ground and barefoot. None of them had shoes, nothing like that. And so their feet, the bottoms of their feet, because of the soil, were dyed red. It's a very red thing. And if someone got a piece or someone got a pair of shoes, It was rejoicing. We have shoes. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have a pair of shoes you haven't even worn in a year? How many of you have a pair of shoes that you didn't wear last week or last month or six months ago or a year ago? We are so beyond blessed. We're beyond spoiled. We're really just a bunch of jerks, aren't we? (laughs) Some people have shoe collections. They've bought shoes that they don't even intend to wear. We won't mention who those people are. They're just making good financial decisions to sell and flip later. But shoes, we don't even wear our shoes. Now, you men would be like, well, you, that's the women. They got all these shoes and I told them to get rid of their shoes. Hey, should we talk about all the tools you have you don't use? I'll keep going. Let's keep going. Okay, all right. Uh, Let me tell on myself a little bit here. Well, let me just say one more thing on this, just in perspective. There are some countries today that people will use compressed dried manure and light it on fire to heat the food they're going to make. The fire that they're using to heat the food that they're going to make is compressed lit on fire manure. And we're going to go home and complain about the food we don't have in our pantry. Perspective. Are you with me today? Uh, I was so excited last week because I just I'm a yard guy and I love the yard looking good and so I took like six hours to get my yard like perfect for the fall I got every single leaf up all of our trees had dropped all their leaves I was like okay all the leaves are up and I edged everything I got everything perfect and I literally in my mind was like good we're done for the year I sharpened the blades I changed the oil those are ready for next year I'm like good to go for the next year all good And then a couple days later, uh, I wake up and my youngest daughter comes around and he's like, dad, you have to look at the backyard. A huge tree blew over and smashed into our one year old privacy fence, just blew up the wood fence all over my yard, the trees all over my yard, gouges in my grass, debris everywhere. And I lost my attitude. (laughs) I lost it because a tree fell through this fence that I was completely, my brand new fence, my privileged fence, my privileged backyard. All of just, and I was upset because we were on our way to Chicago. We were in a hurry because we had all these things that we had to do to get ready to go out of town, to go enjoy a comedian. I was about ready to get in a car and drive 175 miles to Chicago, not 170 miles an hour, 175 miles to Chicago to enjoy a comedian and go out to eat and drive my car that can get me there in two and a half hours. And I was so mad. It ruined my attitude for like the morning. But what's crazy about that is, listen, I'm so blessed. I'm beyond blessed. I'm spoiled because I had everything I need to fix the fence. I could go right back down and get my chainsaw, which I can have gas because I have a gas station right here, and I can fix the fence all on my own because my dad's been collecting spare parts of wood for 40 years. (laughs) And my mom's been saying, why are you collecting all that wood? And dad says, like every man says, well, one day we're going to need it. And today was that day. But I, I literally lost my attitude. But I'm so privileged and spoiled and beyond blessed that I have everything I need to fix it. I many you know that I'm telling the truth today. So we go to Chicago and we have a great time. And I thought about this. <coughs> I thought about this. You get home. From a trip, we all do this, you take a trip, you go home, you do all this entertainment, have all this luxury, have all this fun, do all this stuff, and you get home from your trip, you lay down in bed, and you go like, oh, I am exhausted." Oh, all of that spoiling and blessing and privilege and benefit that I have, because God's blessed me. Oh, that just has taken it. instead of laying down and going, "Thank you God. Thank you God. Many of you are going to look at your calendar today. And you're going to look at your week ahead. and You're going to go, Oh my gosh, look at our week. We got this meeting and that thing. And the kids have this, and I got this work thing and that work thing. And we're going to go, Oh my gosh, this week is going to, instead of going, look at this week. We are so blessed. Thank you, God. Thank you that my kids can be in things. Thank you that I have a career that's going to call me into meetings. And thank you that I have a family to have family gathering with. Am I telling the truth today? Thanksgiving and gratitude, it matters. I'll close with this. There's a passage that we see that talks about Thanksgiving. You've probably heard it before because a lot of pastors share it when it comes to this time of year. But Luke 17:11 says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him and stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. As he went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. A Samaritan is a non-church person. This was a non-Jew. This was somebody who doesn't get all the things. Verse 17, Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Jesus already knew that answer, obviously, he's gone. But it's like he wanted us to get this story. He wanted the people to see what the point of this was. So Jesus then asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. The purpose of this message from Jesus is for him to say to us, hey, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, if you're someone who gets it, shouldn't you be the one all the more coming back to give thanks? This foreigner didn't get it. This foreigner didn't know all the things. But the Christian, the Christ follower, he's saying, hey, wait a second. Most scholars believe that the other nine were Jews, those people who would have believed and understood. And so God's trying to say, Jesus is saying, hey, if you've been set free, if you've been delivered, if you've been blessed, if you've been the one who's seen God hand on your life, shouldn't you be the first one coming running back to say thank you? If God's been good to you this week, if he's taken care of your family, if you have your needs met, if God's hand has been on your life, then on Sunday morning, shouldn't we be the first ones coming back here to say thank you to God oh, yeah. and give him the praise that he's due and glorify him above all things? Are you with me? Yeah. Because it's not just a holiday. It's a mandate on our life to be a people who give thanks in all things. I love the message version of 1 Thessalonians five sixteen. It says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. And then it says, thank God, no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you who belong to Jesus Christ to live, to live. Not at Thanksgiving, not just at the holiday, but God's saying, hey, what's the way of the believer? A thankful heart, gratitude, Thanksgiving, and especially as America, as blessed and spoiled as we are, we need to be the first people running back saying, thank you, God. We praise you, God, for your hand on our life and all the things that you've done. Hey, it's not going perfect. That's why the scripture says we're going to thank God no matter what. My kids are acting crazy and the boss is driving me nuts and this isn't looking good over here. And I don't have the best health diagnosis right now. But at all times, I'm going to say thank you no matter what. Are you with me today? I love this thought. Maybe it's that God has never stopped being good. Maybe it's that we've just stopped being grateful. Well, this and this, and maybe we've just gotten into that preoccupied. We've missed our goal because we've stopped being grateful because God doesn't stop being good. Amen. Amen. Cody and I are going to preach next week on Thanksgiving and worship and what that looks like in music Says that they came running back to say, thank you, Lord. Well, every Sunday morning is designed for us to have that opportunity. God, you've healed me. You've cleansed me. You've saved me. You've restored me. And what happens when we come back to him and we give thanks and glory and honor? So next week, don't miss next week. Let's pray. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for how you've blessed us and how you continue to bless us and your hand on our life. God, I pray that you help us see all that we should be grateful for. Lord, let us not be negative first, but let us be a people who are thank you first. Praise you first. Glorify you above everything first. Lord, I know we're walking through a bunch of different things as people, but God, we want to be the people that say no matter what is happening, we say thank you. We thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.